Well, today is the third in our series of sermons on being a good neighbor. And as your block map, refrigerator magnets say, who is my neighbor? And if any of you are here who have not been with us the last couple of weeks and don't yet have your block map refrigerator magnet, I'll be glad to sell you one after the service. <laughs> so, uh, but, but uh, you know, no, no, I'll, I will give you one. But uh, I hope that all of you who have been participating made progress this week in learning who your neighbors were, if you don't know them. I made progress. I, told, I think I told you all a while back that the house next to us was up for sale. Well, somebody bought it. I haven't met the somebody yet, but her parents were there the other day doing something at the house, so I got the skinny on her. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so I am making progress, and I can add her name to my uh, block map magnet because I know what it is. But she's moving up from McAllen and hasn't moved in yet. Now, so far we've set the bar pretty doggone low, you know, of uh, learning the names of the people that live in the houses. You know, how hard is that? So the assignment gets tougher today, right? Just like life. All life is suffering. And then, it, you know, so, so uh, the, the assignment continues. If you were to imagine on your block map mag magnet a little a little letter a and then a b and a c a is the person's name that lives in that particular house b gets a little bit tougher for b your your assignment is to find out something about that person or those persons if there are more than one person living there that you couldn't figure out just by looking at the outside of their house, right? For example, uh, the wife drives a blue pickup truck. That doesn't count. Anybody, anybody can figure that out. Anybody can figure that out. It has to be something that comes from a little further exploration and investigation. Maybe where they work. Maybe what are, you know, like, uh, like Buddy the Elf answers the phone, I'm Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color, right? You know, just find out something that you can't find just by looking at the outside of their house. And then letter C here is find out something about the person that gets you to the point where you really have a relationship with them. What are their aspirations? What do they dream about? What are they afraid of? What are their feelings about God? So by going through the progression ABC, you move from a stranger to an acquaintance to a relationship. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And as, as I stated the last couple of weeks, the, most of the problems that we see in the world can be nipped in the bud if we have good relationships in our neighborhood. So what if Jesus really meant you should love your neighbor when he said, love your neighbor? So 
any way. Most of you realize that Jesus was a party animal, right? He attended a lot of places where there were banquets. This is the next step in the process. Have some sort of party with the people in your neighborhood. I don't expect anybody to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. I just don't believe that's right. I don't believe that's proper leadership. So I'll tell you what Rebecca and I did to sort of break the ice and start this deal. Back in December, back before Christmas, we were very sophisticated. We got some old stationery that was lying around the house, and we just wrote on there, we are having a, a coffee and cookies or whatever, however Rebecca wrote it, you know, for heaven's sake, I didn't write it. Uh, uh, however, I did deliver it, but she, but she wrote it, you know, on uh, such and such, it was like around the 15th of December or so, and I went around the neighborhood and passed out the invitations, and we had a pretty good turnout. We had a pretty good turnout. And there were a bunch of people there who got to meet each other for the first time. They didn't, they didn't know each other. So that's the first step. And subsequently, we've had a couple more gatherings. Uh, just, just in May, we had a, uh, a neighborhood potluck. So it's possible, and it makes a change. It definitely makes a change in your neighborhood. So be a party animal like Jesus. You know, he, in, in John chapter 2, what was, what was the first miracle that Jesus performed in the book of John? Turn water into wine, right? Turn water into wine. So you never know what's going on. And in today's reading, Jesus is at another party. We find this in Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 36. Consider the word of the Lord. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to him, self, said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts of both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled a greater debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. 
Therefore I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. And she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, teach us all to put aside our fears and our doubts and to walk boldly proclaiming your love and goodness. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, last week we talked about the first main obstacle to good neighboring, and that was time, or managing the events that take place in the, the time that each of us has been allotted every day. Today we're going to talk about the second one, and that's fear. And I, want to, and, and, and I believe fear is what keeps a lot of people from walking over and, you know, knocking on the door next door or, or a couple of houses down and seeing what's going on. But what's going to happen? I can tell you my experience. I've had a couple of things happen. I've had people open the door and smile take an invitation from my hand or shake my hand and say they were glad to meet me and blah, 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 blah. I've had, I've had other people who don't even open their door, right, you know, so, uh, but that's okay, that's okay, you know. So my simple point is, is, so what? Whatever happens, right? What's, 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 what's really stopping us? And I think a lot of times what's stopping us might have been one of Simon in the stories here, in the scripture I read, motivations. I think we're afraid. And, and probably one of the, the, the biggest fears is, you know, what will that other person think about me, right? I've got a little secret for you. It doesn't matter what they think about you, right? Or, or as, as, as we used to say a lot in the canoe club, what difference is it going to make in a hundred years, right? Yeah, it's nothing. It 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 really is nothing. We need to we need to set that aside. And maybe maybe it has to do with again as it did in Simon's case. Did did you notice the question that Jesus asked Simon? The first one he asked him, he says, Do you see this woman? Hmm. Do you see this woman? Simon saw her, but how did he see her? He saw her as a sinner. He saw her as somebody that he shouldn't associate with, right? And I think maybe that's one of the fears that we all come across too. Maybe we're afraid of approaching that person over there, you know? Maybe they've got a bumper sticker, and you can fill it in. 
you could fill it in however you want to fill it in. And you say, well, gee whiz, a person with a bumper sticker like that's probably a scary person, right? Jesus saw her too, right? He saw her as a forgiven sinner. He saw her as a forgiven sinner. He didn't see her as a sinner. And then what does Jesus do to Simon? He proceeds to dress him down for not being a good host, right? He wasn't hospitable. And, uh, and I, could, I would argue that especially, especially when we have a new person move into our neighborhood, it's incumbent upon us to be hospitable. After all, they're the newcomer, right? They're the newcomer. And we won't go into the customs of Galilee at that time, but Jesus addressed three specific areas where Simon was not hospitable. And just maybe, maybe fear also kept him from being as hospitable as he should have been. You know, maybe he wasn't sure about Jesus when he invited him over to his house. Maybe it was just sort of a novelty. Maybe he had heard some bad things about Jesus. But notice, Jesus didn't attack his theology. He didn't say he wasn't a good Pharisee. He berated him for not being hospitable to somebody else. A lot of that fear comes out of how we see the other person, right? And then we also have to remember that an obstacle, an obstacle to good neighboring is maybe the fear that other person has, right? The one who doesn't open the door. The one who doesn't open the door, you know? What's that all about? I personally leave the invitation on the door. Or also, if I know which vehicle they drive to work, I put it under the windshield wiper, right? That's, that's, that's what I do. And, and it works. I actually have people that have, that have come to events that we have hosted at our house because of an invitation placed under a windshield wiper. And they hadn't laid eyes on us otherwise, right? Well, you know, we just said we live at 9023, blah, 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 and, uh, you know, we're having this event. Come over and see us, right? You know, uh, no problem there. Fear, wow. We live in a society full of it, don't we? Some of you may be afraid to go to Trader Joe's today, right? But there's really, but there's really no reason to be, right? There are, granted, there are scary people out there. But again, good neighboring is one of the things that diffuses a lot of that. You know, it diffuses a lot of that, and it gets rid of a lot of that fear. Those people that are in their houses or they're in their yards that we haven't made contact with yet and they haven't made contact with us yet, maybe they're just afraid. Maybe they just, maybe, maybe they just need somebody to speak to them, to take the initiative and go over there. You know? Do you know the awesome power that you've been given that God has shared with each and every one of us? 
your neighbors may not know that they are forgiven. They may not know that they are loved. They may very desperately need somebody to hear that from. And each and every one of us has the ability to do it. Not only do we have the ability to do it, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us do it. As it says in, Tim in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and strength and a sound mind and a sound mind. You see, God has enlisted each and every one of us Christians to go out there and spread the good news to those around us. It's awful hard to spread something to somebody if you don't even know their name, isn't it? So it's important that we go from stranger to acquaintance to relationship and do that over and over and over again. After all, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning if those ahead of us hadn't done those exact things. some Bible study or book or something, some of you, some of y'all have probably been exposed to it too. Somebody pointed out that there are 365 times in the Bible where it says something like, fear not or do not be afraid. Words to that effect, which is one for every day, which is one for every day. You know, I'd like to impress upon you, there really is nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of that we don't generate inside ourselves when it comes to that. So I encourage you to take Jesus' words seriously, to love your neighbor. And when you love your neighbor, not only do you change the world and you change your neighborhood, it changes you. It changes you. And you can be a person who is not controlled by fear. And that's a much better way to live. Amen.